this. All right. I'm sorry to hear that. It's been good. Otherwise, I think otherwise. Matthew chapter 6, we're talking about the Lord's Prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer. Would you do this with me as you're turning there, as you're getting your mind focused? Can you like put your cell phone on quiet, put it away, throw it against the wall, whatever you need to do so you can focus this morning on us right now, on what God is going to do in your life? Can you do that? Do that? And here's, here's the next one. I'm just asking. You don't have to do this. But some of you are going to be rebellious, and I know that, and you're going to be stubborn. But would you just open your hands up, or take your Bible like this in front of you. Either, either open your hands up or put your Bible in front of you like this. One of the, just one of the two, whatever you'd like to do. And if you don't want to do that, then that's fine. We're not going to force you. We're not going to kick you out. But just open your hands up, open the Word of God, and, and let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that the Word of God comes alive to us today. That, Father, that we've fed on the world all week, and we need to feed on the Word of God. And I, 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 Lord God, your servant, humble myself that I can bring the word today through your spirit. And it would breathe life into every person in this room, not just for today, but for tomorrow, next week. That we will live by your word and we will be people that live and change the world through the word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of us say, Amen. Alright, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, this is the last of this, so if you didn't get to hear this message or you want to review this, you can go to our, our website, rockvilleag.com. Go to podcast, click on it. Uh, all the last three sermons of this is here. So this is very important. So the disciples, Jesus is speaking to all the believers. He's saying, when you pray, this is how you should pray. Not the exact verbatim words, but he's saying, this is the model you should pray about. Remember, we talked about that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh, and so he asked that. Now we're on the last part. I'm going to slow down a little bit. The last part is this. This is very important today. Okay, say, say this. This is important. I need this. Okay, so last week we talked about daily bread and forgiveness, which you need that. But now the third part of this message, the fourth part of this message, I'm sorry, is now saying, God, help me with temptation. Okay, you don't have to repeat after me. We're just saying, God, help me with temptation and don't let me be overcome by the evil one. Are you ready? Okay, you ready? I'm excited about this message. I really am. So look at this. It says, lead us not into temptation. Doesn't that seem like an odd petition to God? Does it seem like it's saying, wait a minute, does God lead us into temptation? And I'm, the answer to that is no. Because surely, in, if you, in, in a second, we're going to look at this James 1, 13 and 14 in a second. It says that God doesn't tempt people, nor is God tempted by evil. Okay? So what does it mean? Well, the short answer basically is this. Everyone is tempted and everyone is tested, right? We're all tempted, we're all tested. And the last part of the Lord or the disciples' prayer is saying, don't let us suffer from sin and deliver us from the evil one. Basically, don't, don't let temptation lead us away from you, God, and deliver us from the evil one. That's what Jesus is saying in this. Lead us not into temptation. Okay? So today we're going to talk about recognizing the difference between temptation and testing. And then we're going to recognize the source of evil and how God wants us to ultimately be delivered from evil. Are you ready? So the first part is this. Number one, lead us not into temptation. Letter A, temptation is an unavoidable part of life. Okay, so Jesus said, here's the model, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. No one is above 
or beyond temptation. I've seen too many Christians and too many pastors think that they, because they're mature in their faith, they are no longer tempted or they cannot fall. And usually those are the ones that go around saying, look how holy I am. They're the ones that fall big. Because everyone is tempted, correct? Come on, everyone is tempted. Everyone falls. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone uh, has failings. Every one of us has failed God, yourself, your family, friends in the world. We all do that, okay? So don't beat yourself up, okay? Say, I won't beat myself up. There you go. Very good. Everyone has been tempted and everyone will continue to be tempted until we get to heaven. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. This is awesome. I have a lot of scriptures because scripture is life. So listen to this. This is what Paul says. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. So he's saying, he's saying, don't think you're super spiritual. You may have been saved since the time you were born, which is almost impossible. Okay, you may have been saved for a hundred years, which I'm glad to see you today. Uh, you may be saved for five years, but don't go around thinking, "Hey, I'm I'm like above this. I can't be tempted." Jesus says, and Paul says, "Be careful, because that's when you're going to fall." But check this out. This is awesome. This is really cool. Verse 13: No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Isn't that awesome? So when you drive by Krispy Kreme Donuts, you don't have to stop there. When your body... Because I know sometimes my car starts veering over to Krispy Kreme Donuts. I'm like, no, Lord, deliver me. I'm just being silly. I'm trying to lighten the, the little bit. So God says there is a way out. There is a way out. Isn't this awesome? Now let me get this clear, okay? Temptation is not sin. Do you have that? Because sometimes people say, Pastor, I'm, I'm so tempted. I'm such an awful person. That's just part of life. Being tempted is not a sin. Got it? But, here's what happens. The problem is, when you and I start thinking about the temptation, when we begin to work the temptation into our lives, here's what James says, and here's what I, I referred to earlier. James 1, 13-15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Here it is. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Okay? So what it's really saying, this lead us not to temptation, it's saying this. Basically, I'm just going to make it into a plain English statement, is this. Let me read it to you so I get it right. Lord... Don't let us come under the sway of temptation that will overpower us and cause us to sin. Okay? So whenever you read, deliver us or lead us not into temptation, think of this. Lord, do not let us come under the sway of temptation that will overpower us and cause us to sin. Do you have that? So everyone is tempted. Let her be. Let me talk about this again because there's a lot of confusion in the world about God and who He is and His character. Let her be. God doesn't tempt with evil. Say that. God doesn't tempt with evil. Okay? So the ultimate thing is this. This translation for this word temptation can mean both temptation and testing. So now, don't get confused because there's, here's the thing. God wants the best for us. So He allows testings and sometimes He allows temptations. Some temptations are because of our desires to do things wrong or want stuff that we know we shouldn't have. But sometimes the devil tempts us or people tempt us and God says, you know what, I want to see that my believer, I want to see them strengthen from that temptation. I'm going to allow that so they will be 
strengthened. And they'll learn to say no because you and I are responsible for our lives. Right? We live in a world where everyone tries to shuck and, and, and shove off responsibility and say, it's, it's the government's fault, it's my mom and dad's fault, it's the, the pastor's fault, it's the, my job's fault, it, it's, it's everyone else's fault but mine. And God say, no, your life is your responsibility. Okay? And so here it is. So, he, so God ultimately wants the best for you. So He is going to allow testing. He's going to allow temptation. But He does not bring evil into your life. Do you have that? Here's what I'm going to talk about. James 1, 12. Sometimes I want to punch James, the brother of Jesus, by, re- by writing this out. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And really what, what ticks me off about James, he says, count it all joy when you face these things. And it's hard sometimes, right? So here's what he says. The brother of Jesus, James, says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive. So when you... Go through temptation and trial and you make it through, you're stronger for it. Correct? Now that's a loving God, right? Because we have this concept that God is a helicopter God. You know what I'm talking about? The helicopter parents said, if you're a helicopter parent, Lord deliver you right now. Because there's too many kids today that mom and dad try to keep their kids from facing problems. And God is not a helicopter God. He's a loving God. So He wants you to grow up. He wants you to face some trials and tribulations. He wants you to be strengthened through temptation. Isn't that awesome? Come on, that's awesome. James 1, 16 and 17. Again, do not be deceived, my dear brothers, for every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So God is always good. Hear me, church. God is not the source of temptation with sin, nor is He the source of evil. Do you have that? Okay, so a lot of people get confused. Well, why does, if God's a loving God, why does He allow evil? Because of free will. Say free will. You chose to come here today. Well, my parents forced me. Well, good, I'm glad you're here anyway. Um, uh, but you still choose to make your decisions. And if God forced us to serve Him, then there would be no temptation. There would be no evil. The problem is evil and temptation come because Satan was a liar. Satan said, God, I'm bigger than you. Mankind, we think, hey, I'm bigger than you, God. I know what's best for us. So evil comes because of mankind and because of pride and because of Satan. And because we live in a wicked world, right? We live in a world that brings forth temptation and evil. And we must always know that God is good, right? Say, God is good. And that we will face trials and we will face temptations in this world because this world is fallen. It's evil. It's disobedient to God. Are are you following me? You're not following me? Let's go back to the beginning. I'm just kidding. John 16, 33. I've told you these things. Here's what Jesus says. So that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Isn't that awesome? You're going to face trouble. But Jesus says, hey, but in me, you're going to be fine. You're going to overcome. So let's talk about this. Let her see temptation and testing. Temptation and testing. You doing good this morning? This message, with the Lord's help, will help you for the rest of your life. Here's the difference between temptation and testing. Okay, again, here's it is. Let me give a quick definition. Temptation is an enticement from within or outside to do something wrong. Okay, temptation is an enticement from within or outside to do something wrong. 
Testing, okay, here's the difference. Testing is usually an external event or force that forces us to grow up or give up. Okay, so testing is usually an external event or force that forces us to grow up or give up. Do you understand the difference? So temptation is an enticement to do evil. Trials or testings are an outside, using an outside event that makes us try to grow up or give up. God wants you to resist temptation and he wants you to grow through testings. Isn't that awesome? Because you'll be a stronger person. So pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. Okay? We cannot, be, we cannot but help be exposed to temptation. You're going to be exposed to temptation if you live. Okay? If you're breathing, if you have a heartbeat, you're going to be exposed to temptation. Okay? Now, listen to this. God. I don't want confusion. Let me read this to you so I get it right. God allows temptation. He allows it as an opportunity to increase our faith and our spiritual maturity. He is not the source of temptation, but He, he will allow it. Why? Jesus was tempted. Remember that in the Scripture? Jesus was tempted. Okay? Matthew 4.1 Then Jesus, check this out, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be who? Tempted what? By who? The devil. So, God is not the source of temptation, but He will allow temptation to come because He wants you to be strengthened through it. Because again, if you go back to Corinthians, God always has a way out. Isn't that awesome? So you don't have to succumb to it. People always say, oh, I can't help it. My mom and dad were alcoholics. Or my mom and dad did this. Or oh, I just have this presupposition. And God says, you can be free of that presupposition through Jesus. You can be free of that thing. God can set you free. Isn't that awesome? Hebrews 2.10 In bringing my many sons to, be, to, to glory, it was fitting that God, from whom and through from everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. So Jesus was tempted, he was made perfect, and because of that, because Jesus was tempted and he never sinned, he can help us to victory. Now Hebrews 2.18 Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Isn't that awesome? Okay, let me break it down for you. God allows temptation, he's not the source of temptation. Jesus was tempted in every way, but did not sin. And because he was victorious, he gives us the ability to be victorious. You can overcome temptation through Jesus. You can't do it by yourself. Sometimes you can have a positive mental attitude. Sometimes you can overcome. But over time, without Jesus' help, you're going to fall to temptation. But with Jesus, you can overcome temptation. Isn't this awesome? Okay, remember, temptation is not a sin, but when we follow through with it. Now, God is not the source of temptation, so we cannot blame God. Right? God, why do you, did you allow them to build Krispy Kreme right there on the corner? That wasn't God. That was probably Satan. Well, Krispy Kreme. It was not God. Okay? So, so God is not the source of temptation. Some temptation, listen, some temptation comes to the devil... And from the fallen world, and again, from us. So there's three sources of temptation. The devil, the fallen world, and ourselves. Are you good on this? This is exciting, right? We are responsible for how we handle temptation. They're, they're, man, they're, in fact, I'm thinking about writing a book, The Church is Not Your Mom. 
Because I, re- I read a book years ago, it says, the, the, the boss is not your mother. And, and everyone wants the church to protect them. The pastor, he wants God. You want your mom and dad to tuck you in and help you. And there's a day when your mom is not going to be there. There's a day when the pastor can't be there. Right? Right? There's a day when your, your strong fellow believer is not going to be there. There's a time when you've got to grow up. You've got to woman up. You've got to man up. And you've got to face your temptation and go through it. And through Jesus, you can do that. Amen? God wants you to mature and He wants you to overcome. And you're going to face hard times. James 1, 2 and 4. Here it is. Here's what James... This sometimes ticks me off about James. Consider it my pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith, listen to this, develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you, you, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, the worst thing a parent can do is do everything for their child. Especially when they're 40 years old and you're still cooking and cleaning for your 40-year-old child. And they're fully able to get a job. and They should be supporting themselves, right? Their, 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 their wife, their kids, their grandkids are living with you, right? I mean, and, and the one, so that's wrong. And, and so again, as loving parents, you want to love your family, you want to help. But there's a day when you've got to let your kids grow up. I know some of you young adults are like, please don't say that, Pastor Stan. You, 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 do, you need to learn to grow up. And as believers, you've got to grow up spiritually as well. You can't always allow other people to fight your spiritual battles. You have to grow up. Isn't this awesome? God wants to see you grow up and learn through your trials. Okay, so here it is. Let's talk about letter D. Praying, praying with the right perspective. Okay, again, temptation and testing is good for the development of our faith and for our moral character. You have to learn to say no. Our prayer should not be, Lord, keep me from temptation and all testing. It should be this, Lord, let me face and pass the testing with flying colors. Allow me to be strengthened through these. And thank you for always making a way out of temptation. Isn't that awesome? Come on, amen? Let me add a little side note. There's this concept. You say, you know what? I grow stronger by throwing myself at temptation. Let me give you a really um, deep theological word for that. That is foolish. In fact, let me even go deeper. That is stupid. I know I tell my kids, but that, if... If you're an alcoholic, you should not say, I'm going to be strengthened. I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the liquor store to get soda. That is stupid. Excuse me, that is foolish. Because you're going to succumb. That, that's like if the doctors told you to cut back on a certain kind of food and you know that and then you go down that aisle where that food is. Oh, I'm going to strengthen myself. Oh, in Jesus' name, I'm not going to get that. I'm going to walk by that. Oh, oh but Jesus, maybe you'll forgive me this one time. Just this one time. Do you see what I'm saying? It is foolish for you to think you can strengthen yourself by facing temptation. You're to run from temptation. It's going to come, so just run from it, right? You'll be strengthened. Isn't this good preaching? This side says, yes, this side, they're not so sure about it this week. Usually this side's a little more responsive. This side's, I'm going to save this side today a little bit more. So let's talk about number two. Deliver us from the evil one. Actually, I'm going to try to go all over the place, like I always do. Deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 6.13, again, says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Alright, I'm going to talk the bulk now, the rest of the message here. The evil one, or Satan, is our real enemy. Write that down. 
It's not Republicans, it's not Democrats, it's not Blacks, it's not Whites, it's not Latinos, it's not Asians, it's not, it's not Indians, it's not uh, Muslims, Hindus, Jews, it's not Christians. The, the enemy of our souls is our real enemy. Amen? You see, the second part of this prayer is a very spiritual prayer. It says protection. And it understands that the devil is a real being with real power and we cannot, de- be, uh, we cannot defeat him without the power of Jesus in our lives. He can be defeated through Jesus. Okay? So check this out. We have this... I mean, how many of you... I'm, I remember growing up and, and these were awesome cartoons. The Looney Tunes. You remember some of those? Some of you like, what? No, I have no idea, Pastor Stan. Not Tiny Tunes. That was, that was nothing. Looney Tunes, you know, Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd. Uh, you remember him? You know, uh, Sylvester, you know, I can do some of those things. And, and so, so those were awesome. I know they were semi-violent, but they're a lot less violent than the cartoons and the TV shows that you watch today. Hey, don't get all religious on me. Well, Pastor, we don't watch violence. Whatever. Come on. You watch Expendables 1, 2, 3, and 58. Come on. You watch, you, you play video games that are more violent. You, you, you violent at home. I know that. Just kidding. So, so a lot of times in those cartoons, remember there's like a little angel on one shoulder and this little, little red imp, you know, with a little tail and it's like, you know, the, the little white angel saying, don't do it. And the little devil like, yes, you can. Go for it. That's not the devil. That's just a cartoon. But we have this misconception that the devil is this little tiny little fairy or imp floating around every time. Oh, Krispy Kreme donut stand. Yes, go for it. Go. No. The devil is a fallen angel who rebelled against God. He is wicked. He is evil. He hates mankind. John 10.10, 10, the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give life. Life abundantly. Are you following me this? So he's not this little tiny little red imp. Okay? He is this evil being that only wants to see you destroyed. That should tick you off. Well, I don't believe in the devil, Pastor. Well, that's fine because he's glad you don't believe in him because he just can destroy more people because of that. Check this out though. Jesus came to deliver us from Satan and his power. That's awesome. Hebrews 2. I got a lot of scriptures. Write these down. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 15, And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Okay, so Jesus shared in our flesh. He never sinned. He was tempted. And he died and he was buried. He was resurrected. And because of that, he frees us from the power of the devil. You can have victory over the evil one. Isn't this awesome? Check this out. 1 John 3.8 He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus came to set us free from the devil's work. The devil, the scripture says, is our adversary, he's our accuser, and he's the liar. His native language is lying. Ephesians, check this out. I I read this scripture to you a lot. Ephesians 6, 12-14. For our struggle is not against black people, against white people, against politicians, against... Anyone. It's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. You see, our real enemy is Satan. Come on, amen? Like it or not, believe it or not, you are engaged in spiritual war every day. Oh, pastor, Jesus was a pacifist, and uh, you, you're a warmonger. I know that. I just know that. I, I'm a Bible-believing person. 
And I want to give you the whole Bible. And there's a spiritual battle going on every day for your soul. And you and I are foolish to believe that doesn't exist, because it does exist. Okay? You look at our world. Why is this radical group of, of Muslims beheading people? Because it's the devil working through them. Okay, why is there racial indifferences? That's the devil working through mankind to, to cause hate and strife. Just as you pray for daily bread and daily forgiveness, you and I need to pray for deliverance from evil. You should pray for that daily. God, deliver me from evil. God, deliver this country from evil. God, deliver every country from evil. That should be your prayer. When you see the violence going on in, in Iraq and Syria, don't start saying Obama, uh, Bush. You need to say, that's the devil. And Lord, deliver that nation from that. Come on, amen? amen. Will you, some of you grow up and be delivered from politics for once? I know I just ticked a bunch of you off. What? I watch Fox News and, and, and I watch MS. You need to be delivered from those things. You can watch them, but don't let that be what tells you about life. Let the Word of God guide you. And whatever, whoever blames what, I don't care who's blaming, I know it's the devil. And you and I need to get on our knees and say, Lord, deliver people, whoever they are, I don't care if they're Christians or not, deliver them from this evil work in that country or in that area. Even in this nation. Amen? This is good preaching, by the way. Amen? This is good preaching. Because it's the Word of God. Letter B. The evil one, listen, the evil one is the explanation for troubles. I hear, I have people go to me and they probably talk to you, if God is such a loving God, then why would He allow evil? Because, again, He gives you and I free will. If you and I were just little robots and we always did good, that would not be a loving God. A loving God allows people to make their decisions. And unfortunately, people do wrong things. John 16, I read this to you. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You can overcome trouble through Jesus Christ. You're going to face trouble, but you can overcome it and you can come out on the other end a winner through Jesus Christ. Isn't this awesome? You see, you and I are not exempt from the effects of living in an evil world. Woe to you and I to think that we are not going to face troubles. Woe to you and I to think that your children are not going to have, face troubles. Woe to you and I to think that because we're lit, we believers in a very safe, somewhat divided country, that we're not going to face troubles. And I don't have time to go there, but write, write this scripture down. The next scripture is, is Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, 23-29. Do I have it? Write it down, friends, if I don't have it. 2 Corinthians 11, 23-29. And it basically says, Paul is just saying this, and you can read it, I know you're going to read it because you're stubborn, but he just basically says, I've gone through all these troubles, I've, I've done all this, and then go to the next slide, because you're already, you're already going. Go to the next slide. But it says this, I've labored and toiled, I've gone without sleep, I've, I've known hunger and thirst, I've gone without food, I've been cold and naked, besides everything else, I've faced the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Verse 29, check out there, here's what Paul says. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? So he's saying, hey, you're going to face tough times. And Paul says, I've, I've been through all those tough times. Do you think your life's tough? Now, some of you maybe have been beaten. Maybe you've been shipwrecked. Maybe you've gone without food. Maybe you've been, uh, been robbed and you've been out uh, in, in all that stuff. But Paul says, on top of all that, I still am tempted. Do you see that? But Paul, when he died, before he died, he says, I've fought the fight. I've run the race. I have completed what God has called me to do. So you can do it. If Paul can do it, you and I can do it. Amen? Yes, pastor, that's fine. 
Paul understood what you and I would face. And you and I cannot, listen, don't blame evil or bad that happens on God. Stand up to people when they say, well, if God was a loving God, why would he allow people to starve in Africa? Or Asia? Or the Latin, or America? Why? Because people are selfish. It's not God, it's people. It's people that are starving other people. There is enough food in this world. In fact, you throw enough food away, I throw enough food away to feed the world five times over. Why does the food not get to other places? Because people are selfish or they're destructive and they withhold it from other people. Come on, it's not, it's not, that's not God. Who is that? People. Don't blame God for people's sins. Amen? Well, if God was a living God, then why do people die? Because one out of one people die. 100 out of 100 people are going to die. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Well, why? Hey, my mom died of a stroke. My dad died of cancer. I'm not blaming him for that stuff. I'm not angry at God. You're given so many days in this life and sometimes it's evil that makes you fall. Sometimes it's sickness. Sometimes it's a long life. You should enjoy life. Everyone has a life. Stop looking at one little thing and, oh, God is not good. God is so good. Amen? Come on, amen? God is not the source of evil. Never has been, never will be. You cannot blame God for what the devil does or what people do. Don't blame evil on God because Satan, listen, Satan is behind much of the suffering in this world. Satan is behind a lot of the injustices in the world. Satan is behind a lot of the greed and corruption. Satan is behind famine, poverty, hatred, racial prejudice, war, corruption in politics and banking and immorality. Satan is behind a lot. He's not the source of all of that, but he's always behind us trying to push us into that. Does God do that? No. Never forget this. Don't get caught up in the blame game. When we blame everybody for everything else but ourselves. Come on, amen? So let's talk about that. Are you doing good? Isn't this a great sermon? You're like, no, because it deals with myself. Well, that's good. So the, the, the third thing, letter C, is this. The essence and example of evil. Now, Satan cannot be blamed for all the evil. Satan cannot be blamed for all the evil. He, he is a source of a lot of it. But humans, humans are to blame for the evil on this earth because of our sin nature. Luke 6, 45. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Again, as I told you, there are people that are just bent on evil. They want to steal. They want to lie. They want to manipulate you. They want to cheat you. They want to hurt you. That's people. But because God is a loving God, everyone has free choice, right? Free choice, right? God directs us to try to avoid evil because it's destructive. Romans 12, 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Listen, evil happens. So check this out. This is going to be deep for you. Evil happens because people rebel against God. And if you rebel against God and good, the opposite of God and good is what? Evil. Okay? God is good and His ways are good, but when we rebel against God and His goodness, we turn to evil. So anytime anyone rebels against God, they're going to walk down an evil path. Whose fault was that? It wasn't God. It was that person saying, I don't want to serve God. I don't believe in God. Or I'm going to do my own thing. I don't need religion. I don't need God. 
And when you do that, you open yourself up for rebellion. And rebellion always leads to destruction. Come on, amen? Non-Christians can be good. Well, Pastor Shan, I have friends, and I, oh, I, I get tired of hearing this, but I'm going to go ahead and play on this. I have, Pastor Shan, I have friends, they're non-Christians, and they're the most nicest people, but Christians are really, they're really wrong. You know what? I've met good people in the church and outside the church. And I've met bad people inside and outside the church. My faith is not in people. My faith is in God. Amen? That's a whole other sermon for another day. There are good people all over this world and there are evil people all over this world. They call themselves Christians. They call themselves whatever. And, and, and so God is a gracious God and he, and he puts goodness in people's hearts. But if they choose to rebel against God, they're going to begin to go down the wrong road. They can be good people. They can, they can live a good life. But also they can live a bad life. They can do evil things. Okay? So, so don't, don't use that excuse and blame bad people. All, all the church people are bad. I've met good church people and bad church people. I've been in the ministry 26 years. I still love Jesus in spite of that. <laughs> I love you. You love me in spite of myself, right? Right? <laughs> That's up to you. If you. I'm not forcing myself on you. I will sometimes, but I'm just kidding. Quit messing around. We're on a serious note right now. Love must be sincere, okay? So here you go. Let me tell you four quick things about the devil. Number one, he exists. Write it down. He exists. He is evil. He's totally wicked. He is actively trying to destroy mankind. And number four, the last one, he is still under submission and control to God. Some people are like, where's God? Why are all these things happening? Where, where's God? Why is the devil having this? The devil has not yet been fully unleashed yet. That day is going to come pretty soon. When Jesus comes to take his church away, the devil is going to begin to have a little more free reign. He's going to do more wicked than you've ever seen in your life. Satan does exist. He is evil. He is actively trying to destroy your family, yourself. But yet he is still under control of God. Okay, now that you've got that, let me talk to you. Real quick, here's five things the devil's active in doing. Don't you hate the devil? You should hate him. If anyone you can hate, it's him. Say you can hate the devil. Okay? Here's five things that he's active in. The first one, he loves to terrorize. Go to the next slide. He lo- leave it there. He loves to terrorize. He wants you to live in fear. He wants you to be anxious. He wants you to be worried. He wants you to think life is hopeless. That is the devil always trying to put that voice into you, right? Come on, that's him throwing that voice into your mind every day. I can't make it. I'm not going to... Uh, what if the economy crashes? What if, what if I get this avian flu? What if I get this uh, e- Ebola? What if, what if I get all that stuff? What if you do? Maybe God can deliver you from that. Maybe you'll die. doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, you're going to heaven. Amen? So the devil is the author of fear. He implants fear. He, can do, he does all that he can to make us fear because if he, if he gets that in our minds, it will limit our faith in Jesus. Amen? 1 Timothy, here's what God says. Now, 1 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. Do you see that? God gives you a weapon against fear. Isn't that awesome? John 8.44, you belong, you're talking to the people who sin, you belong to your father the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. Excuse me. He was a murderer from the beginning, and, holding, and not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies... He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So the devil, every time he says something to you, it's a lie. Every time. Okay? The second thing about the devil, there's five things. The second one is this. He tries to tempt us. He will try to tempt you. He goes after your weakness. He is shrewd. He's clever. He's crafty. He's evil. 
He works through our natural weaknesses. If you have a natural weakness, He's going to go after that. He's not going to go after your strengths. Right? Come on, right? The third thing. The third thing. He works over time to defeat us through sexual temptation. I know we don't like to hear that. Pornography, perversion, sexual immorality are pushed at us through the media every second of the day. I, I cannot even click on the internet looking for research, even with, with all the stuff that protects us, without sometimes garbage coming up. You and I cannot turn on the TV without see, being forced into some kind of a sexual perversion or, or in-your-face stuff. Amen? God made sex to procreate and enjoy marriage, but the devil tries to turn everything and make it wrong. And sexual sins, listen, are the, they're the most hard, one of the hardest sins that you and I will face. So he will do it all day long to try to get you. The fourth thing is this. He seeks to defeat us through unbelief. The devil seeks to defeat us through unbelief. Satan even tried to make Jesus doubt. Look at this. Matthew 4, 3 says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, who was Jesus? He was the Son of God. What's the devil do? If you are the Son of God. See, that's the devil. If, the doubt. And whenever God speaks to you or you know it's the truth, well, and remember even in the garden, Satan went to Adam and Eve. Did God really say not to eat from that tree? When you know something's right and all of a sudden there's a doubt about it, just say, get behind me, Satan. Come on, amen? When there's, a, when there's you know it's right and wrong and you're doing the right thing and all of a sudden the doubt, well, will I really die from going 90 miles an hour down 270? That's the devil and the, the possibility is, is if not today, maybe tomorrow. And besides the other person, you just spun off the road and, and you killed them. But that's okay. That's fine. It's because you were late for work. Because you failed to get up too early. Satan wants you to doubt who you are. He wants you to doubt your salvation. He wants to doubt God's love. James 4, 7. Check this out. Submit yourselves into God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, the devil, if you resist him, what does it say? Here's the pattern though. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Okay, this side's still a little more active over here. Okay, so, th- so there it is. God says, you want to overcome the enemy? Submit to me, resist the devil, he will flee. So letter D, deliverance from evil. We cannot defeat Satan or evil in our human strength. We need the power of Jesus to live through it and to become victorious. And usually believers fall into two extremes. We either we don't believe there's a devil, we don't believe in all that stuff, or some fall in the extreme of there's a demon behind every bush. There's a demon. Oh, there's a demon outside the door. Oh, Pastor Shen, there's a demon behind it. Well, no. Because I prayed against that garbage this morning. This is God's domain today, okay? But so, so either we fall away, so either we don't believe in it, we, de- we, we deny the existence of the devil and evil, or we're, we're always looking at everything. Oh, this is evil. I can sense it. It's an inanimate object. Ouch! The devil did that. No. Nothing happened. You see, look at this. Well, that was made in a satanic country, Pastor Shane. You shouldn't touch that. Oh, my goodness. That, you see the extreme? You have those, I don't believe in the devil, therefore he doesn't exist. Uh, or you're like, oh, that devil. And, see, and what happens, people think, Christians are weird. You, you need to have a more balanced focus. He's not in everything, but he does exist. He's out to destroy us. Amen? And when we go to one extreme, the devil loves it. 
We must have balance. And, and write this down. I know I've got a lot of scriptures, but this is life. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish strongholds, um, arguments, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So when the evil thoughts come, say, I, take, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. When the temptation comes, I, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. Do you see what he's saying? Take captive that thought. Oh, the economy is going to crash. I've watched the news and it's going to say, I take that thought captive and I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Whether the economy fails or not, God is still on the throne. Oh, pastors, I'm asking people, pastors stand there, there's this big asteroid, it's going to come and it's going to blow the earth apart. If you read the Bible, no. God's going to melt the earth down and restart it at the end. And, and there'll be a new heaven and earth. Don't live in fear. Amen? Take captive those thoughts. 1 John 4, 4, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Pray. Pray for deliverance. Pray for people that are lost to be saved. Pray for countries that are being destroyed by evil. Pray against it. Amen? Pray for your family, your friends, and your co-workers, and your, and your classmates to know Jesus, to be delivered from evil. Did you know you can do that? Come on, Amen? Let me talk about this, and I'm getting down to the end. I'm almost done. The three R's of spiritual warfare. There's three R's. and I mean, there's more, but this is just quickly because I only have this much time today. First is recognize that the devil is at work. Okay? He is at work. Walk in the Spirit. Ask God to give you discernment. Here, here's, here, let me give you a couple quick tips. Okay? Recognize the first is when you're living in fear and doubt, this is the enemy. When you're always in fear, always in doubt, that's from the enemy. Okay, if you're always condemning yourself, saying how evil you are, you're a loser. That's the devil speaking to you. Okay, and you've bought in his lie. The next thing, if there's violence against the church in any country, that's the devil. Right now, there are believers in, in Iraq and Iran and, and in Syria and, and in uh, Nigeria that are being destroyed by the enemy. We need to pray against that. Amen. When there's mass genocide, whenever a, a group of people try to destroy another group of people, that's the devil. Do you understand that? Pastor, where do you get that? Well, look what Pharaoh tried to do to the Hebrews. Look what uh, King Herod tried to do before Jesus was born. Look what Hitler did against the Jews. And, and look what Stalin did to his own people. That's evil. Come on, amen? When there's racial discord, that's the devil. The second thing is this. First is recognize. Second, refuse. This is hard, but we can do it. You can refuse evil. You can refuse temptation. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Listen to this. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. You can say no. Say, I can say no. You stubborn ones, you didn't because you didn't want to. You can say no. You don't have to say yes to everything. Amen? Refuse negative thoughts. When those negative thoughts come in, refuse them. When those degrading thoughts come in, when unwholesome thoughts or, or words come out, say, I refuse those in the name of Jesus. Amen? Because here's what it says, Philippians 4. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures because you need this. I need this. Finally, brothers, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure. I'm sorry, I read that earlier. Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
The third and the last part, and I'm almost in, because i got one more after this, is resist. We already talked about that. This means to persevere in refusing to listen, to refusing to obey. James 4, 7, I already read this to you. Resist. Submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Check this out. 1 Peter 5, 8. Oh, I'm the only one going through what I'm going through, Pastor. No. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You are not going through this by yourself. Amen? Through Jesus, we can walk in victory. You don't need to be a victim. You can be victorious through Jesus. Amen? Here's the last part of this, and I'm, I'm going to be done in a second. The last part of this is there will be an end of evil. The Bible says, deliver us from the evil one. There will be a day when evil will totally stop. The Lord's prayer will be completely answered. 2 Thessalonians 2.8 says this, And then the lawless one, or, or, or the devil, his workers, will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus, check this out, will overthrow with the breath of his mouth. You see, Jesus doesn't even have to lift a finger. Just with this breath, he is going to reveal and defeat the enemy of our souls in the end. Isn't that awesome? It says, with his breath of his mouth and destroy the splendor of his coming. Jesus will throw Satan and his minions into the lake of fire forever. Revelation 20.20, this is so awesome. Check this out. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophets had been thrown, they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Isn't that exciting? The devil will get his due. Come on. Jesus will reign. Jesus will establish his kingdom. And he will reign forever. So I want, I want to see this, and I want you to see this, Revelation 21, 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now is the dwelling of God, the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. You see, evil will end one day. Isn't this exciting? We will win in the end. You must read your Bible. You must believe in God. You must believe that what God says is going to happen today, tomorrow, and next year. Amen? Now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time to fall into temptations. Now is not the time to become overcome with evil. But now is the time to say, I'm going to make it. Through God, I can make through every temptation and every trial. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? And I'm going to read this last scripture and we're going to have an altar time. So if the worship team wants to come up, I want to read this last scripture. I want to have an altar time. Colossians 1. Check this out. Colossians 1, 15. He, God, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything... He might, in everything, he might have the supremacy. In other words, God, through Jesus Christ, is in charge of everything. And everything will bow its knee. Every person, every creature will submit to God. So we win through Jesus. Say, we win through Jesus. Come on, that's exciting, amen? And because of that, your job is not just to go through life and say, I'm a winner, I'm a winner. Now it's your job is to help other people be free of the devil. It's your job not just to enjoy life, alone, but bring people along. When you have a family member, a co-worker, a neighbor who's being destroyed by whatever it is, don't curse them. Help them. Come on, amen? Help them because that's what someone did to you. Someone reached out to you. Someone told you about Jesus Christ. Someone prayed for you and or is praying. Amen? 
It's time for you to man up or woman up. It's time for you to be mature and start doing the same thing for other people. Amen? Father,